guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, hey, and welcome to this episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence with me, Janice. This is episode number 100. Kind of a big deal. I've consulted my Facebook group, Connections, Coffee, and Confidence community, to see what they thought would be a suitable topic for episode 100. And the answer was a pretty resounding call to hear my story. So, today's episode is the backstory as to why I do what I do, why I'm so passionate about helping women find their voice, feel heard, and tell their story. This is the Connections Coffee and Confidence Podcast, and I'm your host, Janice. I'm a strategic communications consultant, a podcaster, and a content creator with a background in public relations and a passion for talking about things like messaging, content creation, and strategy. This podcast covers all of those things, plus the occasional interview with inspiring women communicators. So whether you create content for your business or as your business, I know you'll find what you need to create your success, probably in this episode. So let's get to it. I got my degree in public relations. I remember the guidance counselor in high school suggesting that I do PR. She framed it as a profession that helps businesses and people get their stories told, to create relationships to make sure that the client was doing right by its audience. And that really appealed to me. I very strongly considered being a lawyer. That aspect of representing someone and telling their story was a huge draw. But this PR route, it felt kind of, I don't know, less controversial. After graduation, I moved across the country and I worked for provincial government in the Ministry of Education. That's where I got into speech writing and oh, I love that. The magic of researching and writing words, telling stories and persuading people, 
all without having to be brave enough to stand up and deliver it myself? Uh, yes, please. I also had the opportunity to be the communications person on some events, like from small book launches to massive multi-million dollar projects. But I left to move to Ireland before I could really progress anywhere in that job. So yeah, goodbye, solid pension job. Hello, instability and the unknown. It was seriously outside of my character, and yet, I don't know. Maybe it was self-sabotage, and maybe it was time to actually test myself. When I first got to Ireland, I waitressed in a few different places, which I loved. I actually worked in the place right in the heart of Dublin, where a scene or two from the Patriot Games movie, you know, based on Tom Clancy's novel, was filmed there. That was fascinating. I loved interacting with all of the tourists and the regulars. Such a fantastic place to collect stories. But I also worked in a more traditional job, in a large multinational company where I got a certification in adult training, something that has come in really handy considering I've been working as a course creator. I got my start with training manuals and procedural manuals for, ugh, ugly, old computer programs. These manuals had to be made simply yet clearly, as the company had about 30 different languages spoken under the roof. I trained those people on those same programs and procedures, and I am, I am still so impressed at the language capabilities that these guys showed. Like, okay, I can swear in like five different languages, and I can scrape by in three. Okay, I'm pretty good in English. But these human beings came to Dublin to live and work in English. Some of them, English wasn't even their second language. It was like their third or their fourth. And they were so incredibly proficient. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by people who have language abilities like that. But we had many trainings that were set up in other languages. But I did meet the majority of people who are newly hired. And I remained a touchstone for them throughout our time there as I transitioned from customer service executive to training and development to internal communications coordinator. And oh my God, I loved it. It was a really great opportunity to see how people took information and used it to learn how to tailor the message delivery to best enable people to actually use it in a practical way, to use the exact right words to define the proper meaning because English is difficult for every day and then you add in an obscure DOS based computer program yes DOS based <laughs> what's the point of a training document that's either irrelevant or too hard to understand so I really learned how to be precise but simple after I left there, I worked for a small coffee roaster while I tried to find a property for another business that I had planned to start with my husband. I got a great taste in banking, business plans, and the day-to-day -day of working in a product-based business, where the days are long and when you're the only one working there, they are busy. I could see that when the entrepreneur isn't hyper-focused on getting the product out, they're at a bit of a loss for promotions. 
Like it feels like a second thought, despite the fact that your reputation will help sell your product. I worked in the Temple Bar Farmer's Market many, many Saturdays, and I really loved the atmosphere. If you were there, like a while ago, and there was a Kiwi and a Canadian, that was me. I was the Canadian. <laughs> but the atmosphere was fantastic. Working somewhere like that with a group of people who are self-employed and loving what they do. Oh, it was like a gold mine for inspiration and learning. I learned about different models of selling. I learned about referrals and witnessed who referred to whom and why. I learned about the real value of relationships and reputation. I also learned about engaging with customers in a more personal way. Like if you enjoy coffee, you know that there are different roasts and geographical areas that make beans taste the way that they do. And there are different ways to make coffee, so the different ways lend themselves to different roasts and different grinds. You have to ask questions, listen to the answers, and figure out if you need other questions or if you can make a recommendation if the customer doesn't know exactly what they want. I really respected the people who were out there every week selling their things that they loved, that they sweated over and spent time with. These people had nothing guaranteed. They had families to support, lives to fund, and they had dreams. They worked hard, and they didn't always see the opportunities that were open to them because they were so busy doing their work. And they didn't always have the skills or the resources to go after the opportunities that they did see. And look, I date myself here, but the internet was not what it is now. Napster was the thing. And Wi-Fi was big news because it was just starting to roll out. So it was either hire a specialized someone, take time at the library to research, learn, and formulate, or go to university. None of which were really viable options for many people. And that's really stuck with me too. The opportunities that were out there and the barriers to taking advantage of them. A lot of those barriers have been removed for so many of us. Not all, and not for everyone, but I think things are definitely easier in terms of access to specific and targeted information to help us solve particular problems. I also think that the proliferation of VAs and other specialized freelancers makes getting things done much easier. At this time, I got pregnant with twins. It did not go real smoothly. Um, it involved a trip to the maternity hospital in the back of a police car with the lights and sirens going, which is a story for another day. Um, but after that, I wasn't allowed to work or be by myself for like half the pregnancy. So that really squashed starting my own business. We had a third boy two years later, and I managed an MLM with my three kids under three and earned enough money for a few cheap trips with a friend, but really the economy tanked. The Celtic Tiger was poisoned, rolled over, and it died a horrible death. The good times came to an ugly end when my husband went to work one day and found the doors locked. The company had gone under overnight. I know that I'm not the only person who's had this experience. I feel you. Looking back, I had undiagnosed postnatal depression. 
the health nurse put me on her daily visitation list after I had my twins. And I'm not going to lie, I really thought it was like a wonderful service that everybody got. Uh, no. I see it now. And I've had help. But back then, I only knew that things were incredibly difficult. And I struggled. People thought that my moving to Ireland would be super easy. I mean, they speak English, so like, no language barrier, right? I myself didn't think it would be a massive culture shock. But it was, it was just different enough, and I found it hard. I had very strong ideas of how things should be done, rightly or wrongly, and it was frustrating and, and much harder to be doing things the way I thought they should be done while going against the tradition of things just being done differently. People always ask me if I miss living in Ireland. I was there for almost 11 years. Of course I miss it. I made incredible friends, and I love some of the cultural traditions. They do community very well over there. But none of our friends had multiple babies, or even three under three. One of my guys had colic, and so sleep was not something that I did. It was isolating, and it was lonely. It was a difficult time made harder by the loss of our main income with no hope of getting another job. Now, fortunately, I am Canadian. I don't know if I mentioned that before. And I tackled the immigration papers, and to make a long story short, we moved to Canada. Now, I, I glaze over that period, but obtaining citizenship for three children born outside of the country, then getting permanent residency for my husband when the marriage and the courtship took place outside of the country... Well, it has provided me with an excellent basis to work with my first social media client, an immigration lawyer, and my second, an immigration consultant. Plus, it got my family into a country where we have security and a good life. And it's nice to be home. Although I am eyeing a winter home in France, that's just one of the things I'm working towards. It's on my manifestation list. But I actually now live in the same time zone as my parents, which hasn't happened in over 20 years, not counting the six months that we actually stayed with them while we sorted our lives out. So if you're listening, thank you again, mom and dad. So once we got settled, I got a job working with a nonprofit organization. I did events and fundraising, media, and I ended up writing the strategic communications plan for the provincial organization. But my main focus for my attention was at home. My boys are all autistic. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not anyone's business. My job is not to be an autism educator for the world. My job is to raise the best kids into the best adults they can be, to love them, and to love them hard so that they know they are safe and they know they have at least one person in the entire world who gets them, who supports them, and who might not always understand but will always accept and love. That's the same as every other parent, right? However, the efforts to get to this point quite honestly destroyed my health and simultaneously built a confidence in me in response to battling a system designed to fail the people it was meant to support. My children were struggling, and no one was stepping up to help 
so I did. As we went through the process of trying to get a diagnosis, I learned a lot. Despite being a well-spoken, educated, middle-class white woman, I mean, hello to all of the privileges, I was dismissed and ignored for months by various medical professionals. And meanwhile, my son was hurting. My family was hurting. These weren't bad people. Like, I need to say that. There was a lot of ignorance that I hope no longer exists. There was a terrible system that unfortunately still does exist in that province. A system that puts the onus on parents to get answers. Parents who are already under a great deal of stress. I remember having trouble with my periods when I was a teenager. I know, sideways detour, but stick with me. Okay, so bad periods. Like pain that made me throw up. They were long and irregular. I'll spare you the details. It was bad. And I had doctors pat me on the head for years and tell me that periods aren't meant to be comfortable. This was just part of being a woman. Until finally someone took me seriously and they referred me. Turns out I had endometriosis and I ended up having several operations and taking menopause-inducing drugs to get it under control. I was 17 at the time. After being knocked back several times trying to get someone, anyone, to point me in the right direction to get help for my son, I had a flashback of being patted on my head and told BS to make me go away. And I got mad. I had some seriously good cries. Like, I should have addressed some of the world water problems with the amount of tears I, I cried. I lucked into a very good therapist, and I left my job on stress leave. And I sat back and I decided to approach this in a methodical manner when I was outside of my home. So inside of my walls, I was mom. Outside, I was a woman on a mission. In university, I studied advocacy as part of my PR degree. I knew back then that I couldn't do that for a living. I didn't have the personal boundaries to leave things as business. I, I don't tend to do things with half a heart. I stayed away from advocacy work because, frankly, I was uncomfortable being the front person for anything. And I just wasn't willing to give my soul for a job. But this was different. I was very lucky in that I had the education to know how to create a persuasive case and how to present it. I took courses in neurodevelopmental psychology and I researched my heart out. I asked questions to anyone I could get to listen to me so that when I did get in front of the experts, I was armed with language and questions that demonstrated I was very serious about the purpose of our appointment. My dad is former RCMP and his advice was to document everything. So I did. If someone told me that I'd need to call back another time or send an email, I was able to tell them exactly when I had called before, who I had spoken to, what had I had been told, and I could read from the printed copy of the email and I could tell them exactly when it was sent. That usually prompted me to be connected to whichever person I was looking to speak with. And the next time I called, it was usually a quicker process. I liaised with school administrators and teachers. I often joked that I had my own seat in the vice principal's office. I promise you, 
no one sat in that chair as much as I did. I liaised with doctors, therapists, speech and language therapists, occupational therapists, and educational psychologists. I learned the system, and I worked it. I grew up a lot. I stepped very much into my own confident voice. I was never rude. I was never dismissive. Always polite, but firm. I brought homemade baked goods into every school conference because I never lost sight that I was working with people, not against them, and I wanted them to work with me. I know they didn't have budget or they didn't have capacity, but I wanted them on my side. And people feel happier with freshly made cinnamon rolls sitting in front of them. I make a joke out of it, but I had a strategy. Just like I was taught in school and just like I've applied to every job to every client, I had an end goal. Healthy kids. I had objectives. A diagnosis to enable the supports we needed. An understanding of my kids and how they interpreted the world so that I could support them and a team to call on when we hit new challenges. I had messages that I learned to deliver creatively, but clearly and consistently. I had a strategic communications plan that I implemented. And we moved recently, requiring a new team, meaning the plan, the messages. They've been dusted off and put back into work with a few tweaks to suit the current circumstances. Just like when you are going after a goal similar to one that you've already accomplished, you do the same thing. You just update it. My heart hurts for those kids whose parents aren't able to do what I've done. Because not everyone can. Not everyone has the education or the courage to keep knocking on doors after being told to go away. And not everyone can devote the time that it takes this is the reason I offer very little by way of live one-on-one -on -one work. I prioritize when my boys come home from school and I still have calls to make. I, I still have meetings to have in order to make sure that my boys are getting what they need to succeed. I find it difficult sometimes to see people doing something similar to me or, or doing something that I want to, I've been thinking about, but I, I just can't right now. And I get frustrated. I feel like a loser <laughs> on the business front some days because, like I said, I hate doing things halfway. But fortunately, I'm also not scared to give myself a stern talking to about keeping my eyes on my own business and reminding myself that I am exactly where I am supposed to be right now. Parenting my kids means that I've sharpened my observational skills and my ability to ask better questions to get the information that I need. I see things differently because I see them through a wider lens than the one that I grew up with. I've learned to be a lot more flexible in my approach to things, less perfectionist and more end result oriented. But all of these experiences have really brought me to where I am today. Part of me moving back into the working world was joining another direct marketing company called Epicure, which I have mentioned before. But this is where I got the confidence to put myself out there with people and, and remember how much I enjoy them. Like I can't overstate how much my sense of fun and comfort around 
neurotypical people <laughs> got lost in the years of doing the rounds of specialists, getting three boys diagnosed and supported. But I like to have a laugh and listen and learn from others. I loved actually helping people either learn a skill or try new things. The same as with the training, right? Like I love helping people learn. And I realized that there are women who needed help getting their voice heard. They need someone to listen to them and to help them focus on what's important to say, how, when, and where to say it to make the most impact. There are amazing and incredibly intelligent women in this world who either need an hour with someone to listen and help with their messaging or require just a bit of direction so they can do it for themselves. Combine that awareness with a desire to be heard myself, that real passion and enjoyment and talking about strategic communications, and here I am. I'm struggling to find the right balance between imposter and confidence, between home and work, between pushing my boundaries, protecting myself and playing it safe. I struggle to put myself out there wherever there may be as much as I probably should. I struggle because I'm a multi-passionate woman, as Marie Forleo would say. I'm a manifesting generator, if you go for human design. I have a ton of ideas, which works great for my clients who want different ways to deliver their messaging, like ideas are great. The strategy to put them into action, that's even better, and I can do those things. The majority of my clients come through referrals, and I am incredibly grateful for that. Because what I don't struggle with is believing that my clients are bloody amazing women who deserve to confidently speak and be heard. I am able to do a lot of things. We recently had new friends over and the woman commented on a painting that I had made and then drank wine that I had made and she laughed and she asked what I can't do. Trust me, there are things I can't do. But I like to try things. But it makes a struggle for me to focus sometimes. And it makes it hard to market myself because I hate to pigeonhole myself. I think I'd get bored if I was only doing one kind of work. And I worry that my offerings are muddled. But if you look at the whole, the common thread is always expression. It's listening. It's strategy. It's working with people to enact their strategy. Messaging and and delivering that messaging to reach a point. And that's a lot of my story today. That's how I got here. That's why I got here. I'm not 100% sure what comes next. I know I'm working on something for moms of children going through the autism diagnosis process, but what happens with that? I don't know. I have ideas that I need to sort through. I need to look at completing some projects I've started, but just need to finish and publish. But there's one thing I am really confident on. I'm not going to stop helping people express themselves, helping women figure out what they have to say and work out how to say it so she feels good about it. If that sounds like something you want to have in your life, or if you want to share and ask questions about the work that I'd like to do with women taking their child through the diagnosis process, you can email me at Janice at JaniceFogarty.com. Please share this episode with anyone that you might think would appreciate what I'm talking about here, 
or leave a rating and review if you've gotten some value yourself. Thank you. And I'll be back next week with more business-related information. But until then, I hope you have a fan-freaking-tastic rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening this week. I invite you to sign up for my email list or join me in the Connections Coffee and Confidence community on Facebook. Those are the people who get first dibs on any classes or products I create and they benefit from the extras I can't get into in a podcast format. I also lovingly request that if you've enjoyed this podcast, you leave a review on Apple. When I see a new review, I get so excited, I almost spill my cappuccino froth. Almost. And if you're a woman entrepreneur who's ready to get serious about using the power of communications to grow your business, send me an email at Janice at JaniceFogarty.com. All my details are in the show notes. Thank you again for listening today, and I'll chat with you again next week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.